0: What is going on, friends and fans? Another exciting podcast for you straight ahead. We've got some amazing listener questions. An international question from Yerka over in the Czech Republic. Tasha from Houston asking about proven processes. And Greg from Milwaukee wants to dig in on some prospecting techniques. So Mike Obert coming up here in just a couple seconds as we talk through those listener questions. Of course, we got Charity Huff and some digital ad sales strategies. That will be straight ahead. And this month, I'm talking about thinking like a doctor. Maybe I should have been a doctor. What do doctors do to figure out the pain and then relieve you of that pain? What if we could be just like that as salespeople? Is it possible? I think it might be, friends. And we've got a three-step process for you to try in your sales game. All that and so much more straight ahead on this month's podcast. Here we go.
1: From the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn.
0: All right, friends and fans, thanks so much for once again listening to the podcast and I'm excited to see so many of you have registered. Thank you for that, for the Super Niche Media Conference. That's the largest gathering of niche publishers, magazine, online-only newspapers, etc. Niche publishers gathering September 14 through 16 in Denver. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Publication Printers is going to be putting on a heck of a party over at the Denver Broncos Stadium. So that's going to be amazing as well. In 25 sessions all about revenue, sales training, and events all happening September 14th through sixteen in Denver at the Hyatt Regency. So head over to nichemediaevents.com to check that out. nichemediaevents.com. Another big show straight ahead. Mike we will dial him in here in just a second to answer your listener questions. Got some international questions which should be pretty fun, and then Charity Huff uh, will will join us as well. This month, my topic uh, for you, though, friends, is really thinking like a, a doctor, not a salesperson. And I'm going to be talking about this in some pretty vivid detail in an article upcoming here in Editor and Publisher Magazine. Do you get that magazine? Do you check it out? Editor and Publisher Magazine. We're really uh, thrilled to have partnered uh, with Mike Blender, the owner over there at Editor and Publisher Magazine, to have, we have a column almost every month, which is amazing, and we appreciate that. We're talking about thinking like a doctor You know, I think you'd agree with me that every single sales call with an advertiser is really valuable. So valuable that I want to encourage you not to waste your time asking questions that aren't going to help you close the deal. We've talked about it several times here on the show, and if you see me live speaking at your office or at a conference. Friends, after 30 years of selling and marketing here in the media business, I find that you have three to five questions, and that really is about it on any sales call. More than that, and I think you might as well, just might as well turn on that bright light like you see in the movies and and put somebody in front of that light and interrogate the heck out of them. And we really don't want to be like that, right? I mean, I'm, I'm kidding, of course, but the, the issue really is that many media sales warriors like you and me, we really have been misled, in my opinion, to ask the wrong questions, either by a sales book that was written in the 80s, or maybe by a mentor that we really love and still respect today, but maybe they you know, started their selling career in the 80s, or Maybe they did the whole 10 tall questions that we sometimes see in the newspaper business. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you first start your training as a salesperson, there's usually a conversation about asking the three critical sales questions that really are core to your success. And, and what most mentors taught me and maybe taught you is those three questions normally include the following. Are, are they the person, your advertiser, are they the person that can make the decision? Are they the decision maker? Um, What marketing are they currently doing and what's their budget for marketing this year or this quarter or whatever? But what if I told you that I deeply believe that these are not the best questions to ask on a media sales call? Now, if you're a fan of the show, you know that I'm not a fan of those questions and they're not in my repertoire, so to speak, because I really, friends, what I want to do is I want to be different than everybody else. You know, don't roll your eyes. um, Don't shut the podcast off and think I'm going to go find something more relevant I appreciate you listening here because in previous podcasts, I've really stated that if we keep selling traditional media in traditional ways, friends, we are destined to get traditional results. So what can we do to be bigger, better, and better in the media sales business? I think it starts with reformatting the questions that you ask. So just consider this, okay? Thinking like a doctor. You go to the doctor looking for relief from some type of ailment. They or he or she will normally ask you these three questions. Okay, first what's causing you pain? What hurts? Fair enough. Second, how long has this been a problem? (laughs) Fair enough. Three, okay, what have you done so far to fix this problem? What have you done to relieve that pain? So if we can be in the business of removing pain from an advertiser, like a doctor, we've got a repeatable pattern for ad sales success, in my opinion. Let's start with the old questions and move to the prescription, if you will, for success do we need to know if the person is the decision maker? Uh, Of course we do. But if we only meet with decision makers, we will probably not have enough meetings to get to our sales goals. Probably. In addition, in the media business, we're working with a different buying structure compared to normal companies that are out there. Unlike, say, a copier salesperson, we're working with marketing directors or business owners. Both are in a unique position, unlike a acquisition clerk or something like that at a standard company. They're in an influential decision-making role. They are normally not many layers away from getting an answer in some way, shape, or form. So for me, asking if they're the decision-maker or not is not a waste of a question, but a bit of a waste of time because they probably wouldn't have given us the meeting if they weren't the decision-maker. Now, all you sales trainers out there that listen to the podcast to steal stuff... <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's that's totally cool. All right. Don't be sending me a bunch of hate mail here. okay? because my thought is this. Do we need to know that answer? The answer is yes. Can we ask it differently? The answer is yes. Okay, let's move to the second sort of, if you will, standard question. Remember, I'm giving you the ones I don't want to ask. I'm going to ask them in a different way. Second kind of standard one. Do we need to know what marketing they're currently doing in ad sales land? The answer is, you know, of course we do. That helps us immensely. But This question leads the advertiser to potentially hijack your sales call and talk about all the other things they're doing. So you've just invited them to talk about your competition on your sales call. So do we need to do we need this answer? Yeah, but there's a better way to handle this question and get the answer that you need to move the ball down the field towards the touchdown. That's our goal, right? We need this answer, but we should ask it maybe in a different way. So I would suggest that we swap out this question for a new one which I'll give you here in just a second, coming up. All right, the third question, uh, what's your budget? Do we need to know their budget? <clears throat> of course, but how many times have you been given an accurate answer? I mean, how many times have you been told there's no budget? Uh, how many times have you been told it's been spent? Asking an advertiser for their budget, forces you to live in their often unrealistic reality of what it takes to market their product or service to your readers, to your audience, to your listeners. You're asking them to force you into their reality instead of guiding them to the actual reality of what it takes to have a presence, to be competitive, or be dominant in the pages of your publication, on your website, on your airwaves, whatever the circumstance is. Asking for budget without showing them the reality of marketing, I think that's a waste of a question. We can be better than that. Again, we need this answer. Okay, that's kind of the third one. And then we'll get to the the revisions of that. But I suggest that we swap out this question for a new one. And that's what we'll give you here in just a couple seconds. So when it comes time to asking questions of an advertiser, I've kind of got a sort of, if you will, a proven three-step process that has worked over and over and over again. And I mentioned it a little bit on the last podcast. I truly feel if we're talking about doctors here, this kind of is the prescription for getting the answers we need and really friends for closing deals. It will probably sound like just what the doctor ordered in my opinion. So, okay, what is the biggest problem or pain point? We're asking this to an advertiser. How long has this been a problem? How long has it been painful? And then what have you done to fix the problem or alleviate the pain? Okay, so let's kind of expand on that a little bit. And I think it's important for you take some notes and write this down. If you're driving and listening or working out and listening, just listen deeply. OK, why do I say that? I Somebody uh, emailed me the other day and said, man, i love to listen to your podcast when I work out. <laughs> I'm like, it's not that exciting. <laughs> All right. That first question, let's revise these questions. OK, the first question I like to ask, I like to say, when you agreed to meet with me today, so I'm talking to the client, I'm talking to the advertiser. When you agreed to meet with me today, what is the one business challenge or point of pain or pain point that you think I can help you resolve? Again, I like to ask us all the time, when you agreed to meet with me today, and thank you for that, what is sort of that one business challenge or that one problem, that one kind of pain point that you're kind of hoping that if we meet today, I could maybe help you solve? Now, They're not going to say, well, I don't know. You asked for the meeting because they agreed to the meeting because they believe in their core. There's something you can do to help them. You've positioned yourself well through your prospecting process. I believe this helps the advertiser get real specific with you. It allows you to provide them with specific solutions to specific problems. And this helps you get clear on their points of pain. Rather than saying, what are your needs? What are your goals? What are your desires? What pains you today? People really want to talk about that. Now, they may not have five things to tell you. They might just have one. But then you want to dig in a little bit deeper and you move on to question number two. Don't forget, sympathize with them. Oh, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah, that does sound painful. Kind of want to enhance the pain just a bit. Then we move on to question number two. And that is pain. Recognizing that pain is a real motivator in problem solving and in in customer relations. If you can be seen as the person or the company that removes the pain points for a business owner, your secret media elixir will, I mean, it's going to sell like wildfire friends. After I ask and identify their pain points, I'll ask this simple question. How long has that been a problem for you guys? How long have you been trying to solve that? Normally, the answer is pretty surprising to me. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i trying to enhance the pain a little bit um, because I want to make it feel very real for them, especially if they've been advertising with one of my competitor for years, one of my competitors for years. I want them to subtly sort of realize, man, I mean, this problem is existing. It still exists. And I've been advertising over and in such and such a product or whatever, another marketing channel for a long time. It still is there. I want to enhance that a little bit. I don't want to be mean about it. I want to be bold, but I don't want to be brash. That's going to lead me to my third question. So remember, the first question, what's the problem? Second question, how long has it been a problem? Third question, it's easy. What have you done to fix this problem? It's sort of like, you know, what are you currently doing? What are your current marketing plans? But I haven't asked that specifically, so hopefully they won't start quoting from my competitors. I might ask how much money have they spent trying to fix the problem. So what have you done to fix the problem? How much money have you tried to spend to fix the issue? Now, you might be saying, whoa, wait a minute. Ryan, didn't you just ask them for their budget? I didn't. I mean, I sort of did, but I want to get their head. I want to get my head around what are they willing to do or what have they done to try to fix this problem? Again, I I want to sympathize with them. And I want to tell them that they're not alone, and I want to reference that I've heard about this pain before, and I've got some ideas to potentially help them solve it and kind of figure it out. See, your doctor does the same thing when you come into their office. What's the problem? How long has this been a problem? What have you done to fix it so far? And it works. The prescription in my mind, using the doctor analogy for success, is repeatable patterns of success. Does asking if they're the decision maker move the conversation forward? Eh, Probably not. There's another way to ask it. Asking them where they're marketing currently, we can get to that answer without asking them to now hijack our sales call and talk about it. And then the last piece of it is, hey, what's the reality of marketing? I want to fix this problem. I want to grow my business. What's the reality? Now, I'm not suggesting at all because some of you, you listen to like two things and then you email me some hate about the other five that you think I missed. <laughs> and it's fun, by the way. By the way, I love your emails. Send them over to Ryan at RyanDorn.com. I love to get your emails. And I answer every email. If you sent me an email and I didn't reply, I didn't get it. Now, I'm not suggesting these are the only questions you would ask, okay? So if you listen to the podcast, read my blog, follow along on the videos on LinkedIn, etc., there's a lot more questions you can ask. I'm simply suggesting that we have limited time on a single sales call and we want to ask the best questions to get the very best results. The other thing, friends, is that there are so many age-old sales questions that really make us sound like every other media salesperson that's out there. And and in most markets, the questions that you ask are gonna set you apart from everybody else. Do you believe the questions that you ask set you apart from others? The answer is yes, friends. Let me ask you that again. Do you believe the questions that you ask separate you from others in the marketplace? And the answer, friends, is yes. That's why you don't wanna sound like everybody else. Two final points. If we keep selling traditional media in traditional ways, we're destined to get those traditional results. So let's change it a bit. Even if you're selling digital, friends, don't keep asking the same questions over and over again. And maybe the questions written in a sales book are not the questions that you need to be asking. Well, I mean, books other than mine, of course. (laughs) And then the last point is, just never forget this, friends. I say it all the time on the podcast and when I speak, if ad sales was an easy job, friends, everybody would be doing it friends we're the chosen few i mean let's look for ways to improve our media sales game every single day what are you going to do today to be bigger better and better i would suggest if you think like a doctor rather than a salesperson help them identify their pain points and figure out ways to relieve those pain points friends you're going to be a raging success in the media sales business so take that one to the bank think like a doctor not like a salesperson all right great stuff coming up we got charity huff She's going to be next. We're going to talk digital ad sales strategy with her. And then, of course, we'll get to our favorite part of the program, answering your listener questions. All right, friends, that's all coming up next. I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if it didn't have a few sponsors here of the podcast. So would you do me the favor? Would you do me the honor of paying attention for the next 30 to 40 seconds as we call out these people that are out there trying to do their very best? to help all of you be the best that you can be. Friends, we will be right back in 45 seconds. The
1: Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by the strategy and design team at Web Publisher Pro. When it's time for your media company to have a top-notch website that is designed for optimal revenue potential, turn to David and the creative team at Web Publisher Pro. Learn more online at webpublisherpro.com. Thank you to the team over at Open Look Business Solutions. Outsource sales tasks, data cleanup, telemarketing, design tasks, or hire a virtual assistant. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Thank you to the fine folks at January Spring. If you are looking to grow revenue by offering white label digital services like SEO, social media, or programmatic ads, reach out to Charity over at JanuarySpring.com. Charity loves to strategize about growing revenue. You sell it and January Spring fulfills it. Learn more online at JanuarySpring.com. Okay, now back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn.
0: All right, friends and fans, it's that time for us to talk digital sales strategy. And I've got my friend Charity Huff from Januaryspring.com signed up uh, on the line with us. So I hope uh, the weather is warming up and things are uh, headed the right direction with vaccinations and everything in Colorado. How's it going?
2: Hey, I just got my second jab this morning. I've got my Birkenstocks on. It's 80 (laughs) degrees. Life is good here in Denver.
0: That's great. We're excited to uh, bring uh, the super niche conference uh, back to Denver September 14 through 16 friends and charity will be there um, speaking at the conference and uh, her team will be there so it's going to be a, a a ton of fun hey charity when I'm uh, I'm back on the road now which is which is fun working with teams and one of the questions I'm getting on a regular basis via emailing from these teams is really all about trends like really um, what are consumers out there Joe and Jill citizen doing out there in terms of How much are they consuming in terms of print, radio, you know, uh, mobile, et cetera? You have any of those numbers that you can share with us?
2: I do. Yeah. You know, and we are watching this closely because as advertisers, we need to be where the consumers are. We need to help our advertisers be where the consumers are. Um, So eMarketer is always a great go-to for us when it comes to this type of data They're, they're predicting 2021 that we're going to be spending seven hours and 32 minutes a day on digital. And that's a combination of mobile and desktop. And within that, we're spending time on uh, social networks, obviously almost an hour a day. We're consuming a ton of video over an hour a day of video on our mobile and our desktop. So that connected TV stuff is real. Wow. And, um, audio streaming audio is really trending up too. So it's interesting as people say, you know, Hey, where do I need to make sure my advertisers are spending their digital dollars? It's where the consumer is. And it's certainly mobile, but within mobile and within programmatic, you got to think video. You've got to think OTT. You've got to think really smart about having them be in multiple places.
0: That makes perfect sense. And I think our friend eric shainfeld would love to hear those numbers as well because he loves to build those digital plans out it's kind of almost a road map if you will um for digital folks like he and you and et cetera as we're building kind of building it out so well i hate to even ask because i wonder how the numbers have changed so over the course of the last four or five years what are we seeing in terms of daily consumption of newspapers magazines print products i imagine it's mm-hmm. not seven and a half hours.
2: I wish. But you know, the the good news is, is that our print time really hasn't changed in several years. So um, according to eMarketer, we're spending somewhere around 18, 20 minutes a day consuming print content and that split between newspaper and magazine. Um, So to me, the fact that it stayed consistent um, is, is a good thing, right? So you've got those loyal readers and you have that, that captive audience. We just need to make sure that as we're touching them in magazine and in, in newspapers, we're also touching them in mobile and in social media and other places too.
0: That makes sense. What about, do you have any, is there, um, I don't have it in front of me. Um, I know you do. Is there, what about radio and uh, TV?
2: Yeah. um, Radio is actually trending um, pretty consistent. Uh, According to eMarketer, we spend somewhere around um, an hour 36 a day on that. And what's interesting is um, eMarketer quickly calls out and says, like, some of that probably crosses over into streaming as well. Um, It's not all terrestrial.
0: That's great. No, that makes perfect sense. So I guess the good, there's a lot of good news here um, for all of us that sell media. And that is that um, when it comes to print, um, we're not seeing a significant change. I'm sure we'd all wish people spent six hours a day reading a magazine, but I, I think if we went back even 10 years, I don't know that we're going to see people, you know, spending seven hours with media, The other uh, print media. The other thing that's interesting about this is The whole conversation we always, um, you know, kind of laugh about is so true. Advertising in multiple ways on multiple days. And I like to teach the marketing triangle. Like one side of the triangle is going to be traditional. One side is going to be social. One side is going to be digital. From a content play perspective, friends, that's a really great roadmap. So if you're not doing podcasts, audio, significant content online with mobile, you know, ready uh, viewership, I mean, you're just really kind of crazy out there. And then obviously charity, your business, you know, you sell, help people sell advertising into those, you know, into those feeds. And I know that you've got more clients uh, now than you ever had before.
2: We, we really have been blessed this last year Um, as these consumer trends have changed. All of the publishers that we interact with and work with have recognized as well that they need to really have a robust digital offering to complement their traditional because you don't want those advertising dollars going someplace else. The, Mm -hmm. The businesses are spending on digital. Our goal is to make sure that they spend it with you.
0: Right on. Yeah. And friends, don't be discouraged by that 18 minute number. I mean, it's, I know compared to seven hours, it sounds small, but let me just throw this challenge out to you, friends. Sit right now after the podcast is done. Sit and reset your phone and sit there for 18 minutes. Like literally, it'll feel like an eternity. Um, 18 <laughs> minutes is actually quite a bit of time to be consuming print media on a daily basis. That's a considerable amount of time. I use that as an example charity a lot. When I'm working with an advertiser and I have numbers that aren't crazy appealing in the grand scheme of things, I'll say, hey, just imagine, if you will, for the next 30 seconds that somebody's paying attention to you. Let's sit here in silence for 30 seconds. Are you ready? And then I'll look at my watch. And after 15 seconds, I'll say, do you think we're done? Yeah, no, it's only 15 seconds. So actually 18 to 20 minutes is like, that's an eternity um, you know, there's so much you can do in 18 minutes. Here's my big goal for a lot of you folks. listening to the podcast. I want to say to my advertiser, something like this, Mr. Or Mrs. Advertiser as a media company, our goal is really simple. When someone goes to Google, we want you to be so top of mind to that person because of everything you've done with us, that they're going to Google your business name. They're not going to Google something generic and have to fight the Google juggernaut. That's what we do. Is we drive brand awareness so high that when someone has a need they're going to google you instead of something generic because you know google's going to get credit for it in the end anyway so what are your final thoughts on this every um...
2: day yeah no that's exactly right because it is all of the brand work that we do in digital in print in social that when somebody gets to Google and they are faced with choices, we want them to pick you. And if we can get them to Google your name, then it's even better.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, friends, I'm really excited about uh, getting together with charity um, at Bronco Stadium in Denver. It's going to be a blast, September 14 to 16, and, um, and be in your hometown uh, I know you'll throw out uh, the best of, of hospitality uh, for uh, for everybody and um, say what you said previously about Denver in September it's it's you, you used a word go ahead tell tell I, people what you well, think. I don't
2: remember the word I used, but it is magical <laughs> that's it, what it you is, said is, is it yes it's you, my most favorite <laughs> th- fall in Colorado is unlike anything else so indulge me for two seconds to be the tour guide the Aspens all turn this brilliant color gold. Um, the sky is so big and blue and it's cool at night that you just need a jacket or a sweatshirt and then it's warm and sunny during the day. It is the best.
0: That's awesome. Well friends, two websites for you to go to after listening to that amazing CVB example there um, for Denver, nichemediaevents.com. So nichemediaevents.com. And then after you um, sign up for the conference, (laughs) then go over to uh, JanuarySpring.com, JanuarySpring.com and uh, get signed up to uh, strategize with a charity about all the ways that her company can help you add a new revenue stream uh, to your digital mix. So, Charity, thanks so much, as always, for uh, sharing those trends. That's awesome.
2: Thank you. And we'll see you in September.
0: Absolutely. All right, friends and fans, it is that time where we're answering your listener questions. Hey, keep them coming. Uh, Ryan at RyanDorn.com, D-O-H-R-N, RyanDorn.com. Ryan at RyanDorn.com and love to answer your questions. And hey, Mike, this is a a, uh, got Mike over here uh, from Open Look as we do every single episode of the show. Mike, we're international, baby. We're international, buddy. International? Uh, Yes. We have a question um, from Yerka in the Czech Republic. And um, so that's we're international now. I mean, I thought that it was good being domestic, but now we're global. Although, no, we've got friends and um, and listeners in Canada and Australia, Singapore. But what's um, the we, Philippines? Yeah. And Phil, oh, yeah. in the Philippines. Um, so Jerka from the Czech Republic asked this question and thanks for sending it in. By the way, how do you get to the right contact person? Let's say I have company ABC that's advertising elsewhere, but I don't know who is responsible for marketing advertising. Um, all I have is some general contact information from the website. How do you how do you get more? Um, what do you think, Mike? You want, you know, you sell every day just like me. Do you want to you want to tackle that one first?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'll take a stab. Uh, so Yurka and I'm I'm guessing in the Czech uh, Republic that they'd have something like LinkedIn. That's normally will well, go. I'll go research uh trying to find out who that marketing or advertising person is is on something like linkedin i have no problem cold calling people to asking hey who's in charge of your marketing and advertising but and ryan i kind of want to throw this one back at you as well mm-hmm. i i like to get kind of close to my competition um kind of keep your enemies mm-hmm. close no you keep your friends, <laughs> friends close, close. <laughs> and your enemies closer <laughs> yeah yeah and uh you know i have no problem uh being close with uh some of the competition to, share artwork, uh, maybe <laughs> share contacts. Um, you know, I always thought if there's, you know, competition, that's probably a good thing. That means the market's big enough, uh, to support a couple things. So what, what's your thought on, uh, getting close to the
0: competition and asking questions like this. It's a great question. I am asked that in regards to LinkedIn all the time. Um, Should I connect with my competitors on LinkedIn? And I say the answer is yes, if it benefits you. So let's just say that as an example, you have way more connections than somebody else. It's clearly going to be more beneficial to them because once you connect with your competitor, then they can then connect with all the people that are in your network. And so if it's beneficial to you, I say absolutely not. Obviously Um, Mike, of course, we agree on this. We want to maintain high ethical standards and not be sharing things that are proprietary and things like that. But I find that media salespeople, we will always help each other out. Hey, who are you talking to over there? And normally competitive, you know, the competitive nature, the rising of the tide will bring up, you know, all ships. There's really nothing, in my opinion, wrong with, you know, being friends with the the competitors. Now, what I also do besides just asking, you know, um, what's going on is I'm going to go over to Hunter.io hunter.io to find those email addresses. I'm also going to, um, as I stated, just reach out to the person that's there and just ask who that particular person is. But the other thing that I do is I find something that they're promoting online and I ask to talk to somebody in sales. So let's just say as an example, do use a local example and a national example. Let's just say locally, I see a company is selling zero turn mowers. I want to sell them an ad about that. The person picks up the phone and i will say, hey, say you're selling these zero turn mowers. Can I talk to somebody in sales about that? Sure. And they'll pass you over. That salesperson will almost always help you out. Who do I need to talk to about advertising? I want to help you out. Uh, a B2B national kind of B2B example, the exact same thing. Call the main number and say, hey, um, I wonder if I could talk to somebody in sales. I see you guys do this and this. Can I talk to somebody in sales? And sales folks will almost always help other sales people out. And then, of course, keep all the notes, you know, in your, you know, in your CRM. So um, what else, Mike, what else do you do on the on the local front um, to try to find out? Uh, dropping by now that almost everybody's vaccinated, dropping by yeah. works too. Dropping by works or calling. We do a lot
3: of this uh, in in lead generation for people is uh, asking people if they would like to get a comp, uh, complimentary subscription to the magazine. Oh, nice. And, and who would that person be? Um, so then, you know, you get that name, contact info, um, send the mag start sending the magazine um, and then follow up with, you know, hey, can I also send you some information on advertising so that that soft offer of trying to give them something like a white paper or a complimentary subscription um, usually can help get that name as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Makes makes perfect sense. So hopefully that's helpful. Yerka uh, from the Czech Republic. Glad to have you listening uh, all the way over there. Uh, yeah. Next question from Tasha from Houston and your state there of Texas. Mike Houston. Oh, all right. Tasha yep. asks, is there truly a proven process for hosting meetings with clients? I see a different process in each blog I read. I'm new and I want to do it correctly. So, uh, Mike, you might have to take this one. Uh, yeah, no, go ahead. OK. And are we, we're talking in person, do you think? Yeah. Well, yep. I do that. I pretty much do the same thing in person, virtual or on the phone. Um, of right. course, I always want to be virtual. I want to be on zoom so I can show my screen and things like that. But, um, so the first thing Tasha is stop reading all kinds of different blogs. Okay. That'll confuse the heck out of you. <laughs> um, there's only a couple sales books out there related to media. I happen to know the author of one. It's a pretty good book. And then he'll have another one out real soon. Wink, wink. Um, so what I typically do is I'm Mike's my advertiser. If you don't mind, Mike, um, yep. I'm going to say, uh, Mike, thanks for the 20 minutes. Do we still have 20 minutes? And you say, yeah, sure, great, 20 minutes, go ahead. And then that's the first thing, validate time. The second thing is, here's the three things that I, main things I'd love to cover with you today and set your agenda. So boom, 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 what are the three main things? Try not to cover five things, try to cover three main things and then get agreement on that agenda. Do you both agree that that's that's the agenda you wanna, did I miss anything, Mike? Is that good? Covering those three things. The next thing that I'm gonna do is go right into my success stories. Don't go into questioning, start off with success stories may I briefly share with you three examples of businesses like yours that have been really successful uh, with us share your success stories then go into your questions now like I mentioned earlier in the podcast don't ask questions like tell me more about your business I got that yesterday and you're better than that Um, you may ask a question like this when you agreed to meet with me there was probably some problem that you're hoping I could solve what is that problem And they'll answer it and you say, how long has that been a problem? Validate that. And what have you done to try to fix it? And, you know, kind of dig in on there and then talk about your pricing and your options. And then when you get to the end of the sales call, always, always, always pull out your phone, set the time for the follow up. And that's the process that I follow regardless. What I don't do, and Mike, you may disagree with this. What I don't do is I don't do a lot of the small chit chat baloney that a lot of folks do. Um, And if you do the baloney, Mike, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I just don't I don't have time for just a a bunch of chit chat that is meaningless to me. Um, I would prefer just to get in to get into it and just get on with it. Cut to the chase. What do you got for me? I just find Mm -hmm. that a lot of the idle chit chat um, just doesn't really go anyplace. And most people are very cool with like getting into the purpose of the meeting. So that's Mm -hmm. my that's Mm that's Tasha. That's me. And, And Mike, you may do it different. I'd love to hear. No, uh,
3: pretty close to what you do. The one thing uh, that I would add to uh, to your process is I normally don't give people material until it's actually time to give them the material. In right other words, mm-hmm. if you have a magazine, let's say, I don't give the people the magazine to start the meeting, right? Because <laughs> nine times out of ten, they just start flipping through it, reading it, right. looking at different <laughs> things, and then you've lost their attention. So I'm pretty uh, uh, diligent of like, okay, I'm if I'm going to talk about the rate right card. Here's the rate right card. And then
0: not not giving everything in advance and then just letting them kind of randomly go through things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's great. But I would tell you this. Um, repeatable patterns of success. I mean, it's super important for you to find a process, stick to a process, and the whole team should follow that process. This whole idea of I like to make it my own, um, making it your own, usually ruins a perfectly good recipe. So sometimes you can enhance a recipe, but you know, I like to tell people, don't try to make it your own. There's a proven process that's out there. I sell a million bucks a year doing it that way. I'm not saying it's perfect, um, but Mike does it a certain way. You want to rinse and repeat, replicate success. Yeah. Uh, I think and that's practice, a, practice, practice, practice. Why don't people it's want a, to practice? I think it's because role I, I, playing just is yeah. painful, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Salespeople don't like to practice. They don't like people listening to their sales pitch. Right. Or well, I, I can do it with why. an advertiser. I just can't do it with you, Ryan. You know, it's, <laughs> if you can't do it with me, somebody that really likes you, I think you're going to really struggle to, to do it with somebody uh, live. So just, you know, something to, something to consider, something to that's consider. True. So good question, yep. Tasha. Good question. All right. Uh, Greg from Milwaukee. Last question here for you, uh, Mike. When I'm prospecting, I'm finding that everyone wants me to email them information yet not set a meeting. Um, any advice on that? Mike, you just said it. Like if you give them all kinds of information in advance, they get distracted. A lot of times they don't pay attention. Um, you may have a thought on this, Mike. What, what I typically say to people, Greg, is I would say, it's not that I can't email you information, but that's really full retail rates. If we could talk for five or 10 minutes, I can typically save most customers about 1500 bucks. So that's why I'd love to meet with you. And if you put a value to that meeting, then typically they'll give you that meeting. But I'm not a big fan of blind emailing. It doesn't sound like you are either, Mike. What's your thought on that?
3: No. Yeah, absolutely. I like to give them something that I want to show them, um, like a mock out or something like that of like, hey, look, like I've. I've I've had my design team come up with a couple of mock ads for you I want to I want you to take a look at it so that I can get feedback um, it also in, in doing it that way too, you kind of move the uh, The the meeting from why am I gonna buy to well? Yeah, I'm gonna buy and I want my ad to look this certain way So yeah, um Yeah, I always try to give them something of a reason why I want to come just like you said Why I want to come meet with you is because I want to show you something that I can't do Um, In an email or online
0: right on and put a value on it because people value their time So if you put a value on the time, they're going to give you in B2B. I mean you could save somebody ten thousand dollars Local media. I'm usually able to save them, you know, twelve hundred to fifteen hundred bucks if we talk so put a value on it And um, and that usually now keep in mind too, Greg a lot of times That's just a standard of sales objection like most people are like, okay, great I'll email you that information then you get caught in email hell and you've, you basically get caught in a bad loop. And you don't want to get caught in a bad loop with that. So by emailing them information, a lot of times, it's a bad loop. And so just be careful about you know about that as well. So good questions from Yerka over in the Czech Republic. Tasha in Houston. Greg from Milwaukee. Uh, we'll do our very best friends to get you some uh, Ad Sales Nation t-shirts. Uh, sent your way and uh, thanks for sending your questions into ryan at ryan Dorn, uh, dot com. hey mike um i was sharing with you earlier i'm just having really great luck with my virtual assistant um that uh, that you set me up with uh, through your company there uh, open look and i know you do that and so much more you're doing data cleanup and surveys and appointment setting how's it going at open look
3: we are busy we are, we are really busy things have seem like uh, they're getting sort of back to normal yeah. and people are doing business and we're doing a lot of creative work for people, a lot of ad design, a lot of page makeup and uh, the virtual assistants have really picked up now. So uh,
0: yeah, things have been great over at Open Look. Now that's awesome. Well, friends, reach out to uh, to Mike. His email address is mike at dot lookcom and the website, there's open-look.com. We've been working together, gosh, Mike, for a long time now. And the company keeps growing. You guys just keep getting better and better. And a lot of my publishing clients are using you. So uh, just really encourage you guys to reach out uh, over to Mike. Hey, so um, do you feel like um, when you're out on these local sales calls, what are your sales team saying? Are people cool with the with meeting face-to-face and wear your mask, stuff like that?
3: People are cool meeting face-to-face and more than likely here in Texas, people are, you'll sit down and they immediately take it off and they're like, hey, I'm fine with taking the mask off. So
0: yeah, people are, uh, they're up for it. They're open to it. That sounds good. I would kind of let the advertiser lead the way um, on that. Um, I've had COVID as all of you know, and I'm vaccinated. So I feel like I'm pretty safe, but uh, hey, be safe out there, friends, but don't be afraid to get out and uh, host those uh, sales calls. So, all right, Mike, thanks so much for answering uh, all these questions. Sure. Appreciate you. Thanks, Ryan, man. You're the best. And friends, that's the show for this month. We sure appreciate you. And I got a special offer for all of you. If you decide to attend the Super Niche Conference, September 14 through 16 in Denver, going to be amazing. Uh, 28 sessions, four keynote speakers, all about niche media, sales training, publishing, all kinds of great stuff, event planning. When you check out over at nichemediaevents.com, nichemediaevents.com, put in the discount code box. Podcast, podcast, and that will save two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars off the price of uh, the registration. Podcast is that promo code over at nichemediaevents Hey, so even though I now own the Super Niche Conference, I am still training like crazy, I'm working with about two hundred different salespeople every single month, and love to work with you as well in a virtual training environment or come to your office live. We've got the vaccine; I already had COVID and the vaccine, so I am double trouble. Uh, right there. Reach out to me, Ryan at RyanDorn.com. Always to help. Uh, always happy to help all of you. All right. Don't forget, friends. If ad sales was easy, everybody be doing it, and they're not. So we're either crazy, <laughs> which is totally possible, or we found a career, friends, that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right. Head over to 360AdSales.com if you want to. Uh, hear more about what we do uh, for people just like you, webinars and all kinds of free advice and stuff like that. All right. The next podcast straight ahead, all kinds of advice on new business development. So stick around and stay close for that. All right, friends, we will see you next month. God bless. Get out there and sell something. Bye-bye.